So, courage is needed to fight the dark elements of the world, not least the hidden shadows that dwell in us all. These impulses can billow to the surface and serve either the public good or one's own twisted desires. My name is Jeremy Phillips, writer, critic, and imaginary helicopter, and you're listening to Cinema Limbo. Our feature presentation is Police Academy, a 1984 comedy starring Steve Guttenberg and Kim Cattrall that launched the successful franchise. My guest is close friend and coffee donor Ed Bloomer. Join us on a recent bank holiday in the garden of Café Oscar in Ladywell, South London, which, as you'll hear, will rapidly fill with annoying people. Hello, Ed. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very well. I've recently been enjoying Police Academy. Mmm. I have also seen Police Academy. <laughs> Now, while this plane goes overhead and I explain the background of uh, <laughs> my choice, um, I thought Police Academy would be a good film for Cinema Limbo to cover because... We're recording this at an airport. We're recording this at an airport. Um, no, we're not. I said no, we should say. We shouldn't we'll be. say in the introduction. OK, all right. You already know, listener, because I've already told you. But Police Academy is the butt of so many jokes about being a bad... 80s comedy about being something that there is a collective feeling of shame over. Yeah, okay. And the fact that it's the closest thing as well that America has done to carry on. Mm, okay. National Lampoon, maybe? Well, with the Police Academy, there was a continuing group of characters. Right, okay. When you, you mean the vacation movies? Yeah. Or just generally? yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the vacation, yeah. Well, that's more of just a continuing... That's true, that is just a with franchise. A, with, a, with a core yeah, yeah. group, whereas here it's it's a mix-and-match group of characters that some come, some go. That's true, OK. That's so true. it is... And it has that kind of low comedy, whereas Na- Nash, uh, the National Anthem's Vacation movies could be very sharp and witty, oh. okay. depending on whether or not John Hughes is writing. <laughs> right, OK. So I thought, given that... I think we all secretly have fond memories of watching these kind of It'll be worth going back and taking a fresh glance at it. Right. See what you think. Okay. I'm not sure about the first part of that sentence. You don't have nostalgic. No, warmth. I don't know. I realised. Um, I sort of thought I'd. Maybe it's just by osmosis I'd absorbed what a lot of police academy was. But um, yeah, I realised I hadn't actually seen it. You've never seen it? No, apparently not. No. Oh. There were lots of bits in it where I thought, oh yeah, I know about this, or. Maybe that's just because the, the series is repetitive, perhaps. Like, I knew who different people were, and I thought, oh, there's a bit where something, like, blah, 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 happens. But then I realised, oh, no, I have never sat and watched this all the way through from start to finish. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> so, you weren't impressed? No, I, I, I think it's kind of interesting. No, I, I mean, I didn't enjoy it. Like, I didn't laugh. But I do think it's an interesting film to talk about. I mean, I think comedy in general is interesting when you think about it at different times mm. just just in the sense of, of, of looking back at it or, it's, it's or, a kind of time capsule of, of the 80s in some ways I, I don't I don't know if you can maybe be that general because there would be other things going on I mean I, I don't think you can say that's I, I think I think it's more specific I think it's more that is a very particular construction right and I mean I think that keeps it interesting though because you can you can just look at it and, and think about the sort of screenwriting process to it or how did they 
or the casting or like you know I, I, I don't know if you can generalise too much right you know because I, th- I think it's maybe a bit too easy to say oh it's very 80s I don't know I think I think you have to be more specific like just taking that specific film apart right perhaps. have you seen any of the sequels well see now I don't know um, <laughs> because because I kept, felt like I have seen some Police Academy um, but you, maybe not you, I'm sure that you would have caught bits and pieces because they even now they're on actually they're on ITV4 fairly regularly right okay I'll be honest I don't watch ITV4 um, there's some good stuff on is there, there? okay yeah. alright like Police Academy um, sort of like 60s action I saw a bit shows of, oh, okay okay I saw I did I did read a bit of trivia which was apparently one of the uh, sort of commissioners uh, of ITV quit when it was decided that they were going to show Police Academy because he was convinced that it would encourage criminal behaviour. <laughs> so he, like, like on a, as a point of principle, he quit rather than stand by and watch them broadcast that's, uh, Police Academy, uh, which is um, that's bizarre. an odd way to take a stand, I guess, but uh, maybe history will prove him right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um... In preparing for this podcast, I did watch all six sequels. Ooh, that's uh, well done. Thank you. <laughs> do they get better? No, no. I think that's. Um, I think famously they do not. Famously, they do not get better. I, I was in the cinema. I have no idea what what I saw, but um, I saw the trailer to Mission to Moscow. Oh, you saw a trailer for that in the cinema? Yeah, because that did where, not see the inside of cinemas in this country. Well, that's the thing. Where would where, well, I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. But I I definitely saw it. I where, believe wa- you. Where was I? Um, it could have been that was sometime before it was actually released because it had a very limited release in the US and went straight to video everywhere else. Hmm. I genuinely can't. When when was Mission Impossible? Nineteen ninety four. They were, they were released annually um, around Easter time from nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty nine. Okay. The first six movies, and then there was a five year gap until Mission to Moscow came out in late summer of 1994. I don't know what I've been watching then, but... Uh, you're, Speed, you're... maybe? A big hit of summer 94? I wouldn't have been old enough to watch Speed. Speed was at 15, wasn't it? True. Maybe you'd That's a mystery. I'll email you. I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack. You will research email, that. Yeah, go, yeah. Through the, go through your what records. What was I... What, what might have been watching? 1994. What happened in 1994? I moved up a year at boarding school. Mm, I think more within the, the sort of cinema release kind of setup. Uh, the Lion King. Well, that came out at the end of the year. Wood Police Academy the trailer's been attached to the Lion King. That's true. Schindler's List. Anyway, it's a mystery. So the movie starts with a very stirring piece of music. The Police Academy March, which is actually used unironically in America. It's a good. It's, it's a, a, a great. I find myself whistling it. It's a really great day. piece of music. Yeah. It's very stirring and it's, it's very upbeat. The best part of the film. It starts with they mean to go on, and we're introduced to various characters slowly, very gradually through the title slowly. Tackleberry's intro, slow. Yeah, he's a, he's a security guard. Yeah, but it. You're, I'm right, I'm, I mean, that unfolds very it slowly. Well, involves conversations with the businessman. I mean, it serves a purpose. Yeah, it's setting up that, that he's a loony and that everyone at his workplace is scared of him. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, okay. So we got, yeah, we got the cast of characters. 
And in fact, Tackleberry is not only the first character to appear in the first movie, he's the last character to appear in the last movie. So that's he, good trivia. He forms, but... <laughs> he forms the bookend of the entire series. That's what he would have wanted. Yeah. We meet Mahoney, who is the trickster figure. Yeah, not a fun trickster. She has that psychopath, I would say. Well, um, the man, the wiggy man, does antagonise him, and he was quite happy to say, no, no, there's, there's no... He's working as a, a parking attendant. Says, I'm sorry, there's nowhere else you can park. And then the wiggy man starts yelling at him. Oh, if that's your attitude, then... Yeah, OK, that's... I'm not saying it's reasonable behaviour, but at least there's a way that that escalates. It's but I, I think that just reveals... That's a way of letting the audience know this guy's mad <laughs> and he's I don't think he's fun mad or like like oh he's he's a good guy to he's irresponsible but that settles down over the course of the movie I think that's true I guess yeah so Mahoney is obviously arrested for wrecking the parking yeah lot and while he is in police custody uh, he meets his new best pal yes who you don't really know what he's in for because the because he asks what he's in for and then he does a little demo of his little um, sound effects. Um, so you're presuming? Are you presuming that he is an, a, 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 a reliable narrator and he was genuinely <laughs> arrested for being really annoying? <laughs> or as the I part of me thinks something else going on there. And uh, yeah, I think I think he's a darker person than. Uh, the movies explained because he gets into the academy simply because Mahoney says well I want this guy with me it's like yeah yeah fine fine so he gets through to the police academy I think that guy was looking at murder <laughs> he's t- he's too nice he's he's, no. a, he's a happy-go-lucky fellow no I think he's got and we're talking about Jones by the way doctor, doctor Monsignor yeah I don't think he's a doctor or do you think he's a priest no uh, I think he has many personalities, each of which thinks that they are something in particular. You brought a very different energy to this <laughs> than I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. I, I regard it as like a happy-go-lucky, fun, light-hearted ad- adventure, and you see it as... Like, I, like, that's like, the thing. Like, I, I, the villain's over the idea of a Batman movie. I was, uh, yeah, over the course of it, I was thinking, these are... I mean, not everybody's uh, uh, like bad. Like Hooks, the uh, uh, the woman with the small voice. Yeah, she's nice. Yeah, she's got a small voice. It's all right. She's just not really police material. Quiet was the word I was looking for there. I couldn't. She she suffers from small voice. Small voice, yes. Quiet. There's the fancy lady, as well. Uh, Thompson, who wants to get away from uh, the. the hoi polloi and yeah she only gets like a very very I mean that that one bit of the scene essentially yeah. that's that's all you get from her yeah which is out. which is fine that's quite efficient but it's just oh she's yeah she is trying to get away and also um, Frank Spencer oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah good, <laughs> good. yeah he doesn't really make an impact really he's just there he steals some clothes he's just, the the, he's just there to uh, provide a more for the camera to point at yeah 
the, the, the various new recruits all turn up at the, the uh, police academy of Mahoney. Of, to say why Mahoney's there is that he's been offered a choice. He can either go to jail for all his antics, or mm. he can go to the police academy. Yeah. Because can the police do that? That's one of my questions. Well, they've changed the the law so that the police academy will now accept anybody who wants to. No, no, no. I just mean in general. Can the police just say, "Ah, you've committed a crime"? But well, the thing is that the the police captain is an old friend of Mahoney's father, and it's implied that Mahoney's father was a cop, Mm. which would explain why he's always rebelling against authority. As was Steve Goodberg's father. Really, I was a New York cop. I think I believe that's right. So, as you know, because because he's the son of a friend, he's prepared to get cut him a break. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, can the police do that? If you get arrested for for destroying cars, well, the, can the police go? Wow, we'll just send you to school instead. Well, the police, a judge maybe, but police captain? I'm not sure. You have to make certain allowances for the fact that it's a movie, and okay. also that the guy whose car was destroyed was a horrible man. That's true. That's true. Well, actually, that's a thing. Maybe I mean I don't know enough about the U.S. legal system, but I guess you have to press charges, and therefore the police might. Decide not to not to go through with the whole procedure. Yeah, maybe maybe he had a word with like the state attorney or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure the state attorney would be overly concerned about three cars getting wrecked. I can imagine that. I can imagine he just went, oh, just do what just, you just, want. Just get rid of him. Put him yeah. in the police car. Mahoney, that they'll, guy. They'll, I know they'll, about him. They'll, they'll, they'll take anybody. Just put him in there. That's true. It's like yeah. military school for grown-ups. That's true. Yeah. But uh, the police commissioner is supervising the new intake. Mm-hmm. And he is disgusted. Yes. By the variety of people there, as he says to yeah. the commandant, you know, in my day, everyone was the right height, the right weight, the right colour. Yeah. And there was Johnsons as far as the eye could see. That was the one that I thought, oh, that's quite a good little one. And the son says, oh, yes, what a lovely sight it was. He's rolling his eyes, thinking, this guy is. And um, as we found out, the sard is. He's, clear, he's clearly been shipped off there because they won't allow him mm. to investigate crime anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's. A, I mean, the thing is, it's a good. It is a good setup. I can. I mean, I can understand a studio reading the treatment, and going, "Oh yeah, that. This yeah, that was good. Idea. That's good. We have this. Disparate characters. There is a genuine, ugly sort of in reason for them to be here, and then watch the sparks fly. In theory, <laughs> it reminds me of um, like army films. Oh. Um, where, they're, where they're all training together yeah, yeah. with this bond of mutual suffering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do I mean yeah, you could do lots of different ones like that. You could have a bunch of kids have to go off to boarding school and they're all from different types of you know, places, but they're stuck together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Police it, Academy Academy. Police Academy Academy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's a it's a I mean it's a good it is it is a good theory setup. It's a uh, yeah. I have proof. <laughs> I'm wearing you down. I know how to. I know how to do this. No, but that. No, but okay. So that. So that is the. That is the. The thing that I think. It, it, it is good. So it's a. It, it's a good setup, and it's got sort of uh, bits where you can see that you know when they were writing, it thought okay. This. This is. This is going to be a good sort of switch around. Okay, so uh, at some point, uh, the very quiet woman is going to scream at somebody. Right, you know that's going to happen, and then high tower. He's a massive guy. Okay, he's going to like flowers, right? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see that coming. And so, so there, no, no. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that sort of thing. Or well, the irresponsible one will start taking a bit of responsibility. 
uh, that that sort of thing. Um, so that's that's good in theory. That's a good setup. Um, uh, then you have to do something interesting with it. Um, but do you? Because as long as long as it's funny, you can kind of get away with anything. Oh yeah, you can have comedies that are about nothing at all. So yeah. for instance, like Arrested Development is brilliant because you have these interesting, very different characters, mm. and everything just revolves around them bouncing off each other yeah. and all the mayhem that causes and that's that's a great example of that I think but Arrested Development has a lot of satirical material in there as well oh yeah 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 it's got it's got lots of different things to yeah. add to the mix but in but in theory you know it's that sort of setup of yeah strange and strange different, characters, different characters. slapstick humour there's a lot of slapstick yeah that's true yeah um, whereas this is it's not quite there is it I think that's that's a pity that you didn't enjoy it. Mahoney's figured out that he can't leave mm-hmm. and he can't quit, but yep. he can get thrown out. Yes. So he does whatever he can initially to try and get thrown out. Yes. Including directing another recruit to uh, the commandant's house. Yeah. And encountering the commandant's wife in the shower. Yeah. I mean, it's the only time you ever see the commandant's wife. It's the only reference there. Is ever to the fact that she exists yeah. in any of the seven movies well I mean do, do you do you miss that character I, in the other ones I mean do you are you looking out for her well the, the funny thing is that the movies suffer from what's been termed negative continuity right in that characters will be substituted for other characters or they will spontaneously change jobs between movies okay um, Captain Harris the drill sergeant type instructor no he's a lieutenant He's a lieutenant. He's a lieutenant to start with. You're quite right. Um, that is the sound of the police. That's coming that here, to here he comes. Yes. Yeah. Um, he disappears in the second movie as the sort of the villain. Yeah. Another character comes in who is um, the lieutenant, second in command of a police precinct, and he has a, a lick spittle called Proctor. Right. Okay. Mauser changes jobs in the third movie, but he keeps Proctor, and then in the fourth movie he disappears altogether. And Harris inherits Proctor as his lickspittle. Okay. But I guess, I mean, that, I mean, why would Harris immediately move into the, into the police precinct he if he is an instructor? He wouldn't, but it jumps around. And he, but he does jump into the precinct later on. He, does, he jumps between precinct and academy randomly between films, depending on what they want to do, with never any explanation. And what, what, unlike the Carry On movies, where... There's never any attempt to have any kind of connection between the movies, yeah. even between the thematically similar ones, like the hospital ones. Here, in theory, this is a con- roughly yeah, yeah, continuing yeah, sure, story. Sure. Yeah, but you could have got a placement. That's anyway. We we can't, you can't take the sequels into. We're, but it's, we're just, it's interesting to look at them as a whole because there's at least one sequel, which is interesting. In fact, several of them are interesting. We'll talk about them a little later. Okay. As Lasalle's addressing the renew recruits, he says that they're going to be there for 14 weeks, even though it's actually only 13. That looks like a mistake, but it's actually a very, very subtle bit of foreshadowing for later in the movie. I missed that. I did. He. I mean, in he's what seems con- like the next scene. Oh yes, because someone else says, "Oh, they're six, here for 16 weeks." Yeah. So is it just that he gets the number wrong? Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the movie, oh, yes, where they're yeah, set yeah, to the yeah. streets, he sends them to the wrong street. Yeah, that's true. But uh, there's two of the other 
recruits. Is 14 weeks or even 16 enough to train a police officer? I've no idea. I think they might take longer than that. Well, it's, it's, it needs to be kind of a, a realistic movie. Like, because if it was for two years, then the movie would have to cover two years. <laughs> that would be. I mean, army basic. I mean, army basic training during conscription during national service was, I think, six months because you do two years. Oh yeah, but I think I think the basic training just to get in is much shorter than that. I think that is. And, would, a couple and of being months. shorter than that would be reasonable for, for a policeman, I would assume. I guess so. There's so much we don't know about police procedure. Yeah. Hey, a friend of mine used to be a police officer. So I should have asked him. How long does it take to train? Is he American? No, he's, he's British. He, he trained the with the Met. Well, he was, he was lived in the 80s. Well, I don't know if you know. And we have the last, the last two of the, sort of the main recruits, Blanks and Copeland, the two nasty guys. Yeah. I like the barbershop scene. Well, yes. That, that they and George Martin, yes. the Latin lover type, are sent to have their hair cut. Yeah, and they push myself. No, we're going to go for the air. Go on, you know, shave, shave it all off. Come on. Yeah, and the boys are okay. And they have real sort of marine style buzz cuts. And I think says, "Yeah, you know, just just a trim, just you know, a bit off the top." Okay. Blanks go. They go. What? How can you do that? Well, it's not the army. You know, no, that is. I mean, that's yeah, that's a good bit of uh, yeah, that's a good bit of comedy, but because um, it's under because you expect it to be. More militaristic in time, but it's not. You know, you can have like a normal haircut. Just yeah, that's tidy. true. Yeah, that's fair enough. And uh, they are recruited by Harris to weed out the undesirables. Yeah, the yeah. Recruits. So they that yeah, creates that kind of there. dynamic. Yeah. And their first day out is to have a run around the grounds. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to think. So one of the things that occurred to me. So right at the start. So the first thing I can't remember which one of the two that is I can't remember it is Copeland. Copeland's the little one. Yes. Okay. He's the racist one. Yes, okay. So it's that that is the first thing you hear him say. There's a lot of Yeah. Yeah, and then how's Hightower Hawks past who's twice his size. Yes, okay, right, okay. So So he's the racist one, right? And he makes a racist comment right at the start, and that's the first thing you hear. But I think that's the I think that's the the, the interesting difference, okay? Because I think nowadays you you wouldn't do it in the same way at all. There, there wouldn't be the same feeling because even though he's made out to be the the baddie by that comment, yeah. the tone of it is still that there are these fundamental differences. There's a lot of homophobia in it as well, right? Yeah, that's, that's more of a problem. Right. But but the racism is also even though they're clearly saying, "Oh, he's the idiot," yeah, it's not done in a way such as, "Well, he's an idiot for thinking this makes a difference." I, I felt that it's, it was still like, oh, there is a difference. It's just that it's not polite to say it. That's that's what I felt was the the, the, the tone of it. I'm not saying they approve that. No, no, no. The, the, in terms of the writers, I, yeah. I, I don't. I, I just the, the idea that I think nowadays the joke would, would be much more in the style of, well, he's an idiot that doesn't understand the world he lives in, rather than he's being impolite about. I'm not articulating that very well. I just think there's a, I think there's an odd uh, kind of tone there. Well, later in the movie, he does shout a racist insult at Hooks. Yeah. And everyone... I mean, there is a sort of kind of different reaction. Yeah, but that's the thing. Everyone say, oh, kind of, everybody that's, goes... That's a terrible thing to say. Or 
that's when it's going to have consequences. Yeah, that's that's I think the difference. That nobody kind of goes, oh, that's that's completely bad, out that's of place here. Word. Well, no, they, no, they, I mean they do. They react badly to it, but 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 I think nowadays the reaction would be, well, that, that's not appropriate. Yeah. That's like that's not that's not the way to behave in this situation. Rather than, oh, he's like he's gone too far with something that yeah. otherwise you might get away with. And now there's going, to, as you say, now there's going to be consequences to this behaviour. Um, and it, fundamentally, it's the same thing. He's still portrayed as the bad guy, yeah. but it's there just seems to be a, a subtle difference of um, you know the other is still the other, yeah. And that's 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 valid. It's just you're not supposed to draw attention to it. That seemed to be the style more rather than well, it doesn't matter. I mean, the same thing when they go to the to the the blue oyster. Yeah, yeah, the blue yeah. oyster, the gay bar. So, so it's it's a, a leather bar, I guess. Yeah. Right. And but when they turn up, the joke is not. Well, this is embarrassing. We've made a mistake. Yeah. It's Now you're here. You can't leave. <laughs> now we're going to dance with you. Yeah. And that'll be uncomfortable. So like, so you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You the, the idea that the other guys in the bar when these two turn up won't let them leave. That's it. That's that's the that's the weirdness. Nowadays, a joke would be more like. Oh, this is a bit of a comeuppance, and then they would leave, or yeah. or something else would have to happen. It's not enough to just be, oh, you're in a gay bar and you didn't mean to be. Well, they, yeah, that, that's. I mean, you could set it up in a way that they like they know Mahoney for some reason that they, they yeah. know Mahoney, and he's set it up with them. So these guys are going to come along, mess with them, yeah, and, and make sure they don't leave. Yeah, or I would suspect that like nowadays the joke would be, oh, one of them is gay. But but didn't know it or, or yeah. you know denied it or something and at the end you would see him you know hand in hand with like one of the leather guys yeah. but like and and there would be a bit bit of a sort of a juxtaposition there like like at the at the passing out um, ceremony mm. uh, you know but the but the guy was still wearing leathers or something that's the <laughs> bit where you would be like oh this is the this is the slight oddness or so he's, this. he'd be recruited to that YMCA where most people act because he put a police uniform <laughs> and he has the guy dressed like a red Indian well. <laughs> Which well, clearly it is. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. So, I mean, I mean, nowadays there would be a, a, a different, a, yeah, a different tone to it. Yeah, you, you're still getting the, you, the you, basic point across. You could I guess. You certainly with the racism. The homophobia is, is the racism. Uh, I think is you can adjust it, and it's fine because maybe Mahoney becomes very pally with Jones and Hightower immediately, and it's the race area isn't really an issue so you just need to kind of oh, no, just, think about, just think about the little elements there yeah yeah. but the homophobia I think is much more because yeah, like, at one point it's all sleeping it's fags that no, is the, that, no 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 you can't say that anymore <laughs> well and with good reason but also that that's weirdly out of out of the blue and just yeah it's I mean you just change it to oh, sleeping for wusses or something Appropriately, fifteen rated. Yeah, because because he's just got to bed and now he's got to give like a nighttime driving lesson. Yeah, that, yeah, I oh, definitely great. definitely that line. I was going to bring that up actually. That's that's a bit weird. that yeah. just comes out of nowhere and then you think, all right, well it's that's like, just it's got the feeling that oh yeah, he's sharing a room with another man. They have to say at some point that he's having a case of the not gays. Do you think it's that? I think, I, I think it might be. I think it's just that at that time you could still get away. Well, it was almost. But it just what I think it does. Kind of yeah, I just I, I, I couldn't see what it added to anything, with any, like with any mindset. Mm. There is actually, well, I think, but there is a joke in a deleted scene of Back to the Future, where 
Marty's talking to Doc about whether or not seducing his mother in the past will have an impact on the way he turns out. He says, oh, Doc, what if, what if I turn out to be gay? Doc says, well, why shouldn't you be happy? So it's kind of... Switch okay. on, but, but there is that little undercurrent. It's not there. great, but it's... No. You know, and it obviously looks... it was cut. Yeah. Because it doesn't really add anything to the movie anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, you, could, you could still do that kind of humour then, and it was seen as acceptable. Yeah, but and, that's... Or that's... the racist humour, you couldn't. No. Or it, was, or it was just at the point where they were saying, no, we, we can't do this in like a mainstream movie yeah. anymore. Yeah, I just... Yeah, certainly in that line, I just thought, I can't... I can't see what that added to anything. Mm. But... I just need, like, just a little button to end the scene, really. Yeah, I guess so. Because otherwise it's just him getting out of bed. And that's... He actually needs him to say something or to comment, yeah, okay. comment on what's yeah. happening. So the first day of class and Harris is writing on the board and I'm like, speak yeah he's, he's writing complete gibberish as he's speaking and it's complete nonsense and I thought he's, he's expecting the, the uh, class to write this down <laughs> he's police proceed and he's like leaving yeah. out every fifth consonant police procedures and then drawing a huge arrow pointing back to the start of it again maybe he's more clever maybe he's uh, than you're <laughs> he's, giving him credit for maybe he's, he's already trying to wash them out <laughs> hooks in that scene I, I did like where she's talking very quietly oh, oh so <laughs> Harris goes what very <laughs> I, what I thought was what I hadn't because as I say I, I some somehow I think that I've absorbed some of these um, osmosis somehow so I thought I knew more about it than I did what I was surprised about is the extent to which Harris is in the film right. he's not he's not just the bad guy uh, that they have to thwart in some way yeah. he's the other character he's in everything like he's yeah. in everything and he's he, he has his own sort of arc of of trying to get things done like he is it's not, it's not just he's a bad guy that happens to have a particular thing that he wants to achieve. It's like yeah. he's given a mission, essentially, wash these people out. Yeah. It's about his attempts to do this. He's in conflict with Mahoney, but he is the second lead. Like he's yeah, pretty much. Even though he's a like yeah, he's a, he's a baddie, and it's not like oh, he's an anti-hero or or the interesting thing about the films is it's done from the baddie's point of view. He's a baddie. I like yeah. Yeah, I could say antagonist, but I'm going to say baddie. I think to use antagonist regarding Police Academy is giving it maybe a bit too much credit. <laughs> but you know, they're, they're they're quite balanced. Also, I think he's he's good in it. Uh, G. W. Bailey. Yeah, he is very good. He is good. There's a lot of little face things going on in because also the the there are lots of scenes held on his face or in or in sort of tight shots. Yeah, that go on for quite a long time. And nobody cuts and. He has to fill them with it's, with little little twitches and little glances and things. He's good, like he's good in it. But I don't know. Did that come first, and then that's why it's edited that way, or were they doing long shots and he realised I've got to I've got to fill this this empty time when I'm looking <laughs> at can, different recruits in I the can, eye for. I can imagine that they were. It's it's a really well cast film. I think. Yeah. Okay. And I. They thought, oh, he's, he'd be really good as Harris because he's really good at that kind of close-up, sort of thinking, yeah. acting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's everyone. Everyone seems perfect for their roles. 
Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's good. It's good. What well, I mean, I mean, it's also it, it is also done sincerely. Nowadays, you would do it with a sort of layer of irony or sort of detachment, mm-hmm. because nowadays this. I, I mean, I think that is interesting that, that how will comedies move on, and I think fifteen years from now, people might be looking back and saying it's weird. All of these films that had comedians in it were do- it was done with a, a sort of a, a layer of a layer of detachment. Yeah. That that meant that like all the characters are sort of pop culture aware, and so they're making jokes about this ridiculous situation. Whereas yeah. this is much more sincere. It's like this is the situation they find themselves in. This is how these characters will react. Not this is how the comedians would react. This and yes, this is how the comedians pretending to be these people will react. This mm. is they're doing what is on the page. Mm. I can't, I can't imagine there was much improv or uh, little bits perhaps, but. Yeah, maybe some are, little bits of business, like as they say, like G.W. Bailey's facial expressions. Yeah, it's sort of a bit Oliver Hardy-ish. Yeah, but that's that's still acting within the the the, the tone yeah. they're trying yeah, to set. Yeah, but, sort of like, but develop but developing a little bit of material as they're working, rather than sticking rigidly to the script. Yeah, okay. Yeah, perhaps. There's a lot of actors sort of yeah. like Dustin Hoffman tends to sort of improvise a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, Dustin Hoffman was in this. He played Hightower. It's very good. I'm trying to think who could Dustin Hoffman have played. Oh, he would have been good as Fackler, uh, the Frank Spencer policeman. You think? Yeah, he, I'm sure he'd love to be bumbling around. But possibly. I mean, he could have found it in two days. And, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would have been fun. So, um, <laughs> I only goes to see Lassard, who has a fish on his desk, and says, oh, the, yes, that belongs to a friend. So, again, I just love that bit of throwaway weirdness. Yeah. But he's fish sitting. Yeah, but it doesn't have the kind of wacky weirdness of the airplane movies. Airplane. Airplane? Airplane. Airplane. You've done this before. Have I? Yes. Okay, airplane. <laughs> In fact, wasn't one of the writers. One of the writers wrote uh, Naked Gun films. Pat Proft. Yeah. Yeah. One of them wrote the Star Wars Holiday Special. So. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. I've never seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. But, but famously terrible. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Um, and, the, like, the scary movie films. I'm writing on yes. those and things. So, you know, there's a thread of there is something. A th- there is a thread, though, yeah. But, you're, but, but yeah, you're right. The, 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 there doesn't, there's not the, 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 the strangeness or the, or the sort of um, the visual puns or anything like that. No, it's, it's playing it much more realistically. Sorry. Yeah. But I like that, just that... Because Lassard is... Always existing out of sight, removed to everybody. Fair enough. Okay. So the idea that he is looking after a fish for a friend, he probably thinks he is because he has the, the him having the pet fish is a recurring gag all the way through the following right. movies. He takes it on a plane with him in his hand luggage in the bowl. Okay. And uh, he explains Mahoney's situation, and Mahoney can't quit, and he can't be thrown out. He says, "What do you mean I'm trapped?" And the says, "Yes, we all are." <laughs> Oh, did you notice that um, Marianne Ramsey playing Hooks is wearing a fat suit? Uh, I did read some trivia. I didn't notice, I, but I did read some trivia, so I, I, I knew about it uh, after, after the fact. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't really. Answer. The idea was that she would start out wearing a suit and she would lose it over the course of the movie as she becomes yeah. more in shape. Yeah. But it doesn't actually. No, it's not noticeable on screen in any way. No, apparently, there's one scene where she's not in it, but it's it's a, a tight 
in a tight shot, so yeah. you don't notice it in any way. Yeah, I think they just realised it was funnier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to add in that layer of character development, but it's just, they don't pay enough attention to it. It's, having yeah. done that, they need to actually make an effort. Yeah. It's, there's, it's almost as if because there's too many characters... Well, there's such a there's such a big ensemble. It's hard to give everyone that development. Yeah. Thompson has no development really as a character. No, no. Aside from <laughs> gradually being worn down by Mahoney. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's the classic seduction technique. Just be there. Just be constantly slightly creepy. Yeah, just be. Yeah. We see them in their various classes at the firing range. Tackleberry brings his own handgun. And shoots the target in half. Yeah, again, all that sort of stuff. Very slow, and kind of. And I'm just. I mean, I'm not saying that nowadays we've got a crack or anything, but I'm just thinking nowadays be much zippier, much more of a montage. Well, there uh, are montages later on where they're showing genuine improvement in their yeah, skills. that's true. Why do any of them pass, apart from perhaps Mahoney and Hightower? Like, because can you just pass the police by being like, well, you, you at by, the end you came through for each other Is by that being enough? good by being good enough. I think that's the thing that they are that apart from Mahoney and maybe Jones, they all want to be there. Mm. They all want to pass. They all want to become police officers. Yeah. So they are all ma- making a genuine effort. That's true. Yeah. And okay. Mahoney, Mahoney later realizes that maybe the best way to stick it to Harris, or maybe it's, that's perhaps one could see it that the best way to stick to Harris is actually to become a police officer and then he will never be rid of him maybe the ultimate way to be counter-cultural is to conform but he doesn't change who he is no I know because he's, he's a psychopath he's he can't a, change he's a, he's a trickster he's not he's he's ill <laughs> I think <laughs> but he only picks on people who deserve it in his he's, mind he's like Dexter he is a bit like Dexter. If Mahoney had killed people, and they, and you find that out later, would you be that surprised? Well, who would he have killed? Oh, just like people, Any, just anybody. Yeah, or like like a, oh, like a like a spree killer. Yeah, yeah. That, that I that think, would be upsetting. I think. I think a, if he was a insane murderer, that would be worrying. I think he uh, kills gay people when they're sleeping. I think he <laughs> because this is what I think happens. I think he gets up, and the sleeping is for fags line <laughs> I think that's his murderous mantra and he gets up at like 2.30 and he goes out in the streets and he finds he breaks into people's houses and kills them I think that's yeah I think that's what's going on did you know that Steve Gutenberg was in the Village People movie Can't Stop the Music I'd heard that actually I've never seen it but I'm not going to lie obviously so you are you suggesting that Steve Gutenberg <laughs> Steve Gutenberg is a serial killer because while he might have been in he might. I don't know. I have no I idea. I, I, I know very little about him. No, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think Mahoney perhaps kills people, and he's. Yeah, I think he's got real problems. That guy. We also see Callahan's defense class. Uh, Callahan is the other. Yeah. Uh, leading instructor who is yeah. the beautiful blonde Amazonian, but very serious. Yes. And obviously named after Dirty Harry. But I. But I. Again, that's that. Uh, that is a good sort of setup. Like, uh, you know, although it's it's somewhat at odds with their complaints about women being allowed in, you know. 
Um, but I quite like, and, and those who sort of sat Harris's second in command, they don't really have. They don't have a sort of a relation. They don't interact very no, much. No, they though. don't. I think that's that's interesting that Callahan is gradually won over by these recruits and she yeah. sort of sees, oh yeah, they're they're doing their best. And the fact that she clearly doesn't like Harris either. Yeah, but again, it's that good thing of you know, well, what what little twist can we make here? So well, don't have the, you know, don't have the the drill sergeant person being some big guy shouting at them all the time. We'll make it a woman, right? That's enough of a twist. That'll do. She can wear sunglasses. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's that's a good setup, but you gotta be you gotta do something with it that makes it you know okay. The, just the idea nowadays that you would go well. What we've done here is we've just uh, we made this person a woman. That's wacky, um, is it? It's just well, the the gag is that in the self defence class they all just want to be manhandled by her. Yeah, yeah. And later on, she um, uh, intercepts. George as he's on his way to the women's dorm again. Yeah. And the next time we see him, he's limping home at dawn. <laughs> but that, okay, so that is an alright, I think that is an alright turnaround in some ways because uh, he sort of falls in love with her. Yeah. And yeah, she she has taken control of that. I mean, it's not really appropriate conduct perhaps for, you know, no, a trainer. No, because he's commanding officer. Yeah. But, um, and at the end of the passing out parade, she's saying, at 4.30 we're going to meet my mother, so you want me to bring flowers. Yeah, yeah. And she's sort of smiling quietly to herself. Yeah, that. that's okay. I'm, f- I'm fine with that. I'm fine with yeah. that. I like that. They're both happy. Yeah. It's great. Do, they, do they, the two bad cops, they are not in this ceremony, I don't think. No, but they do both appear in later movies. Ah, so they okay. do, weirdly, they do both graduate. Yeah. Even though they clearly shouldn't. Well... Maybe they learned the ways. They didn't. The error of the ways, no? <laughs> no, Copeland is still a racist and incompetent. And in fact, if you look closely, the front number plate of his car, which they had stolen, has a Confederate flag on it. Nice, okay. See, that's the thing, yeah, like nowadays, you'd have to be outrageous or like racist against, I don't know, some, some group that, I don't know, there's no historical precedent. For being oppressed or something, there'd have to be something else. You'd have to be, you'd have to make the character kind of grotesque rather than just kind of grubby and a bit. Why not? Why couldn't? Why couldn't you just have him be in the racist ca- and just everyone just like, oh, these guys are racist. That's horrible. Because because you'd have to have everybody be like, oh, that's like that's the bad guy. Ca- well, you could have a way. You could have a way around that. I think maybe at the in a comedy, it's hard to do. If someone's just unpleasantly racist, maybe, maybe if. When they go when end up at the Blue Oyster Cult at the Blue Oyster Bar, only the black bikers want to dance with them. Yeah, okay. But again, that's still. That's a twist on that situation rather than his. But it's all, his, oh, it's all his nightmares at once. Oh, gay people, oh, black people. Dancing. Yeah. Dancing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's worked that. Yeah. We can add that to the list of movies that we have to brainstorm between us. But um, Mahoney's starting to apply himself. Uh, he's sort of motivated by his growing friendship with other recruits. And okay. His, his burgeoning relationship with Thompson. And he's starting to apply himself. And we see him filling out a, a test with a handful of crayons. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny, actually. And uh, later on, hanging around outside the women's dorm. With a can of beer, watching everyone. Yeah, again. Shower. Yeah, it, it's 
that bit is only funny because of the sort of silent exchange between him and Harris. And Harris yeah. takes the beer. And um, then Harris turns and watches and is immediately spotted. Yes. But the lead up to that, if you think about it, not not okay, mm. I would say. There's, I don't think I don't, I don't know that doesn't seem fun <laughs> that just seems that just seems like oh he's watching and waiting for them to fall asleep so he can murder them <laughs> but the cut there is to Mahoney and Harris's office and Harris is putting a dueling pistol at Mahoney's head which is loaded it's cocked well it goes off uh, oh, it, yeah, yeah, it does, isn't it? Very different film again. Yeah. <laughs> if they just shot... That would have been an interesting one if they shot one of the recruits and then the whole thing was about them trying to cover it up. That would be a big change of pace, I think, for a comedy. Yeah. Very much a weekend It Bernie's could have been scenario. the racist cop. We wouldn't care. Or it could have been um, Blanks, the bigger of the two nasty guys. But <laughs> Harris, Harris says, Nobody screws with me. And Mahoney replies, Well... Maybe someday I'll meet the nice girl and all that'll change. <laughs> yeah. Zing. Again. Uh, okay, yeah. That's yeah, it's their first weekend away. So they're having a party. Um, that is that is the only good I, I think uh, in terms of the plot that's that that is a good little bit where I quite enjoyed it. They them trying to scheme against each other and then somebody getting one person to write out on the other person and Mahoney knowing that that's what's going to happen yeah. I think that's alright and then they play saxophone on the beach it's Yeah, good, good times there's a lot of saxophone playing there's limbo dancing yeah uh, Mahoney and Thompson go for a little walk and yeah. that's all romantic and uh, Mahoney asks her why she wanted to become a cop this is because I wanted to dress like a man Mahoney says so do I what I meant to say is I like to wear men's skins <laughs> when I kill them getting up at night and going hunting they train on a marksmanship course in a street with pop-up targets yeah and Barbara who is the amusing fat character yep and rather extraordinary he's holding the shotgun and he turns around and manages to point it at everyone else and everyone ducks except Tackleberry Oh, I did not notice that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I did notice that. You actually. only see it. You can see that one person isn't ducking. You have to look closely, but it's Tackleberry is the only one who doesn't move. Wow. Again, he's mentally ill himself. So yeah. Because they've the the, the the key element that kicks off the whole plot is that the the mayor has decreed that police will not can now accept any physical type. Mm. But they don't seem to be screening people for mental health issues because they're just recruiting a bunch of psychotics yeah it's uh, again I mean this is not the right thing to dwell on perhaps but part of me is thinking can the mayor just decide that surely the police department get to have some say in the way that their own business I believe, is I believe the mayor could overrule because it's a city police department yeah alright and okay. so the head of that would be the, the, the police commissioner but the police commissioner answers to the mayor yeah okay alright it's watertight where, where's the movie set? Uh, Toronto. I mean, uh, <laughs> it was filmed in Toronto. It was filmed in the city. It's filmed in the city. Um, well, actually, hold on, because the the only neighbourhood they mention is Oakfield, isn't it? Mention they get shipped off to Oakfield. Oh yes. So I'd have to find out where Oakfield is. I believe that is Toronto, actually. <laughs> okay. So but um, <laughs> that's really only because it was filmed there. Because there's there's a big city, but it's next to a big expanse of water. And um, yeah, okay. 
there aren't too many major cities that like that in the No, US. but it's supposed to be New York, right? Isn't it? I don't know. I mean, you could you say... You could get to the water fairly quickly Well, you could, say, you could argue that it was Chicago. I think Chicago would be a better fit. But, but well, sorry, I, I guess the point is they don't tell you... Do no, they, they don't. They, ne- just... they never say in any of the movies. We know it's not Miami. Because... Okay. <laughs> How do we know that? Because... In the fifth, the fifth movie is Assignment Miami Beach, where they go to Miami specifically. Uh, so we know, it, so we know it can't be there. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And we know it's not Moscow. Well, we're assuming it's in the United States, yeah, the continental but... United States. Otherwise, we notice the fact that it wasn't in Honolulu. Okay. It's not really. But I mean, it doesn't matter, right? And that, oh, no. so that's quite a good. I mean, that's good. That's a good. Trick, but that's a good technique, right? Or making it kind of any, any city in USA. Yeah, yeah. Well, after the uh, adventure at the Blue Oyster Bar, Blanks and Copeland decide to get their own back on Mahoney by sneaking a prostitute yeah. onto the academy and hiding her in Mahoney's bed half an hour before bed check. Yeah. Do you think that they would get away with this today? This, I mean, this, this, do you think the makers could do this kind of joke today? And for it to not be a, an issue. Uh, yes, um, doesn't make I think it funny it would, I or, think it would be or borderline. I because I mean the way the way that whole sequence develops isn't a problem with Mahoney hides her in a podium. Oh no, that that is that is not. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that's that made me uncomfortable. Say, this is not this is not good. <laughs> this is not good, and then. When Lassard thinks it's Mahoney. His because, reactions, I think, are very, very funny. I'm, no, I'm not saying the, the reactions aren't... I, I'm not saying it's not constructed it's just, correctly, it's, I guess. Uh, but, I, no, that, that whole bit is just... No, that's odd. <laughs> that's odd. And I, you could do it now. No reason you couldn't, but I don't think it would make it any funnier. Or any... Right. a better joke to, to play I mean the thing about uh, sneaking the prostitute into his bed um, at that stage he is still trying to get kicked out right by that stage he's decided to stay oh right okay okay fair enough then um, yeah no that whole bit I just thought I didn't like that it's not so it's not so keen on. well when I said the podium sequence I'm sure that the listener will know because that was the one that was shared ruthlessly on YouTube following the recent death of George Gaines oh was it right okay because that's regarded as his finest hour well because it's a great it's a great performance where Mahoney and the prostitute are hiding in the podium she thinks that the side who's standing there giving a lecture to some visiting dignitaries is her customer yes no, I, I, okay, so that's that's all. I'm not going to say okay, right? But that's, but I, that's that's in plotting terms. In plotting, terms, yeah, okay, that all makes sense. And the thing is, the 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 bit where Lassard thinks it is Mahoney, yeah, I get that. That's a good. That's a good flip to things. Yeah, it doesn't make it comfortable. I don't think because Lassard is. Sort of slightly traumatized by it. Yeah, he and is. the only reason he's not it's not properly properly traumatized is that that's in keeping with his character as a kind of sort of bumbling weirdo head in the clouds, the, head in the clouds, not quite there with reality. Yeah. But he still, <laughs> he's, it's still not okay. 
I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. It's that thing of like that. I get the twist there. Is it's good in some sort of comedic timing sort of yeah. sense, but not necessarily in a. Uh, it it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I okay. That's that's yeah. that's fair. I, I won't deny your pain. Okay. No, that's no, that's, no, that's entirely reasonable. Um, again, it's the it's kind of the whole. The, you gay, see, the gay element in the movie and yeah the, that's the thing that's, it's a sort of strange gay panic type thing yeah. and also you don't Lazar doesn't find out it's it's the prostitute right that doesn't no we're never given any serious the, indication there's the bit knows. at the end there is the bit at the end yeah. okay, where the same thing's sort of happening but it's the Mahoney yeah also maybe not alright because he's with Thompson at that point I mean that's up to them and their well, the, relationship, but it's. But the inference is that Lassard set that up to get his own back at Mahoney. Yeah, but how, how did he know? Exactly. That Maybe it, there's just one prostitute in. There's only the one city. in the whole of town. Yeah. He's credited as Georgina Spelvin, which is actually a commonly used pseudonym for actors who. or female actors, for actors, for male actors would be George Spelvin. For actors who. Are deliberately not being credited under their real name. Right. Okay. Traditionally, in theatre, right, where okay. there would be some kind of reason why that actor's name would not be given, like in Sleuth. I'm sorry, I haven't seen it. Um, the play later film with Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine. Right. Okay. And remade with Michael Caine in the Olivier role and Jude Law. Right. Okay. The, sorry. The, the, yep. So you're over now. Where the, the gimmick is that there are actually only two actors in it, but a third character appears later on who is in fact played by one of the others right. after the original character has apparently been murdered. Right, OK. And the, that character would always be credited under another name. Right, OK. So that's it. I mean, the, in fact, the, the actress herself was a former porn actress. OK, ah, OK. But it was, it was kind of a nom de, nom de plume. Right. A nom de guerre, almost. <laughs> so we have, the, the, we have an improvement montage... Barbara does a judo throw successfully. Yep. Which again foreshadows later on that he's becoming adept at hand-to-hand yep. control techniques. Hooks finally makes it over the um, wall on the assault course. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the I mean all the cogs fit together. Yeah. It's 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 a well constructed script. Yeah. I think. But it's not hard to see the cogs moving. Yeah. It is constructed, but you say, "Okay, this is what's going to happen here. This but, has to have this turn around." This, and you could say it's quite—it's a relatively lowbrow movie, but you compare it with a lot of lowbrow comedy today. That is—that is, there's not there's anything wrong with that. But it's the movie that it's that it's not trying to be witty or anything. It's just trying to you know be fun and silly. Hmm. They're usually really poorly written. Watch an Adam Sandler movie these days, and it's just a disaster. But to be honest, I can't remember the last time I watched an Adam Sandler film. I can't actually remember. Apart from... What's the one where he plays golf? Happy Madison. Happy, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. I think that might be the only one I've ever seen all the way through. It doesn't appeal to me, but... Um, yeah. So I... Uh, but I just... Uh, I can't really uh, judge. They go out on their first ride-along. Right, yep. With some unnamed cops. With some unnamed cops. Tackleberry gets the cat out of a tree by shooting it. Yeah. Well, it's off screen. You don't know. <laughs> and um, Mahoney has partnered with Harris. Yeah. He just made some run 
it. It just makes him run behind the car. Yeah. Because he's mean. Yeah. That's true. That's unreasonably mean. I mean, some of the other stuff is also kind of unreasonable, but it's kind of more like uh, classic it's, clashing, because this is, that's just bullying him. In one of the later movies, they swap Harris's can of deodorant for mace, which I think went quite a long way over the line. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but um, they get caught up in a traffic jam. Harris decides to try and get to the front oh, of what's going on. Oh, I've about that, yeah. <laughs> By getting on like a like a speedway bike but uh, again in an accident he ends up with his head lodged up a horse's bottom right okay <laughs> so that's rubbish first of all <laughs> but also I, him commandeering the bike and then not being able to control it that's okay for a character who is a bit uh, you know accident prone or or kind of, or kind of daft arrogant and self important perhaps yeah but but that's the thing like Harris's character has to depend on being the authority that is is then undermined or misdirected or or something has to happen with that authority right so it has to be the, other people have to be the cause of his yeah, downfall, yeah. not We're, his own hubris yes yes it I, it's not I don't think it's funny for him to get on a bike commandeer that commandeers stuff in character yeah. but then not just not be able to control it so Mahoney should have cut the brakes or something or something like that I just think that that bit can't work for his character right I just think that doesn't you know make any sense but what did you think of him getting his head stuck up a horse's bottom <laughs> well I mean it's just sort of stupid uh, I think that's that's not as funny as I think all the, the little fallout jokes they have from it well, sort of the cutaway to a group of passers-by going, <gasps> and shocked, and one, and one of them is a woman who faints. <laughs> I, I can't remember that. And actually, then, that and then actually the reaction. The next scene is of him... Maybe cut. The next scene is of him talking to the recruits again, and his hair is looking overly slick. Yes. And, and one officer comes up to him. It's his, the character's only line in the movie says, you, your new hat, sir. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the hat is now lost. Yeah, again, so, again, yeah, that's, that's, his, his authority has been completely undermined, so that's fine. Just... I thought that, that was, that was funnier than, that, I mean, and they do cut away so you don't actually see it going Oh, in. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but even, at that point, even Callahan is trying not to laugh in his face. Yeah, I, again, like, it, it works, I can, I, I, it's, I there, just there are yeah, elements that make you uncomfortable. There are elements that you don't think work properly, but the mecha- the underlying mechanics of it, the infrastructure of the script, is solid. Because it's it, it, one, yes. One thing so, that I noted down is snobs versus slobs. Okay. Which is a, a an absolutely bedrock level comedy plot. That here you've got the the snobs are people like Harris. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, Blanks and Copeland, yeah, who want to, they're in, the, they're in the the upper echelons in the position of authority. They they want to keep things just for them. And you've got the slobs, which are all the other recruits. Yes, and to an extent, Callahan, although not, she sort of doesn't interact in that particular way. But she kind of because she basically thinks Harris is a yeah. jerk. She's kind of on their side, and it's that conflict. Yeah, yeah. That forms the that forms the, the backbone of the movie. Yeah. Well, you've got to have something like that. You've got to have um, 
that basic yeah, it, conflict. It, it's, it's got to be that rule that, you know, when you have a character that thinks they're better than someone else, they have to be shown up. Yeah. You can't, you can't have a situation where the racist cop turns out to be really good at everything. That would be, but, that but, would be... And the fact is, he is odd. completely incompetent at everything. Yeah. That night, Mahoney is woken from his bed uh, by Hightower. Yeah. And Hightower is very worried about the driving test that's coming up the following day. Because I think he says he hasn't driven a car since he was 12. Yeah, that, uh, yeah odd in itself. But, uh, but I mean, when Hightower was 12, he would probably pass for an 18-year-old. Tall enough. Well, it's, it's kind of hinting at Hightower's delinquent past. And that he's, he's straightened himself out. He's mm-hmm. running up florists and seemed to be very happy. But wants to make a difference in his community by joining the police. Yeah. He likes being a florist, though. You know, flowers and shit, as yeah. he puts it. So, which is what being a florist well, is. Well, you know, um, Bubba Smith was a American football player. Yeah. Which explains why he's all, he's all big and strong. Well, I think he's big and strong and then becomes the football player. And develops, perhaps, further. He, did, he develops from there, yeah. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't say, uh, can, I, can I join up? Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll train you up to become bigger. So, Mahoney takes Hightower out for driving lesson. Yeah. And they steal Copeland's car. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mahoney turns out to be a, a pretty decent teacher. Well, uh, sort of. So, but I think, and okay, a decent teacher, not a decent person. And initially, he's actually, he's, he's actually being a really good instructor, sort of explaining everything and encouraging them as they go. See, Mahoney's really developing as a character. He's gone from being a selfish jerk to actually someone who's developed a bond with all these characters and I think, I think he's looking them. at Hightower thinking here's someone I can use wow. to help uh, you have such a bleak it's view it's all this staring into the depths of the universe that you do <laughs> it just makes me despair of humanity for that, that bit of um, dance um, commentary I remember someone saying oh and here's uh, John Phillips in his hobby is that he studies the universe. And he just had like a telescope. Well, that's uh, that's what you need. Yeah. And we cut to the car chase. The car chase. The car test. And there is uh, a car chase, though. There is a car. Is there? Oh, yes, there is. Yes. Because yes, they're because um, they've stolen a car. They've stolen a car, and the place don't like that. But um, Hightower is getting the hang of it, and he starts speeding and leads the police on a chase. Yeah. But gets away, and that that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Well, he'll 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 do more good in the long run of his career than one crime. Than one, then they demolish something along the way. Oh yeah, they they wreck a they wreck a, a garage. No, a, a, a gas station. Uh, no, not a gas station. A, a, a car dealership. Oh right. Oh, that doesn't count. But that then has there's a kind of a match cut to the actual test the following day yeah and uh, Hightower aces it that's true because that's all it takes to drive a car one day of driving lessons well, just, at night he, well he, one night with just, no cars on the road really he, well there weren't any cars on the road during the test either good point so so that's clearly fine well I would say that reveals that the test is flawed if, <laughs> if well it depends I suppose what you're testing for but next is is hooks yep <laughs> Just drives really sedately around the track, and is seeing Santa Claus is coming to town. But, but that's the thing. That's where I thought I, I, they can't pass this. Like they have they because 
because they're just doing that bit wrong. It's not like, oh, your personality is a bit weird or whatever. It's like, oh, presumably they are, there are <laughs> proper test criteria. Yeah. Say, well, you have to do it in this amount of time. And so Harris just kind of looking exasperated and rolling his eyes. That surely that would be him going, well, she's out now because she cannot do this fundamental you know, part of it. That's good. Well, whatever criteria they're measuring it by, clearly it's fine. Yeah, plot criteria. Yeah, yeah. But as she's pulling up at the end of the test, she runs over Copeland's feet. Yeah. Again, he's positioned in a shot that takes quite a while. Like he's oh, he goes right up, stand right on the line. You think, oh, I wonder what's going to happen with him. And sure enough, again, I fail because she's not driving on the course correctly. <laughs> well, maybe Copeland's feet are over the line. That's true. They have established that he's an idiot. Yeah. Ah, but good. Well done, scriptwriters. His, his reaction, unfortunately, it's not my favourite car running over feet reaction from an 80s comedy. Because <laughs> that belongs to Dan Aykroyd and Dragnet. That's I, will, I, will, whole... I will now do an impression of that. It's a great moment. It's a, yeah. I mean, not for a podcast. No, but, but it's, a, it's in the film, it's good. Okay. Dan Aykroyd is a very talented comic performer. I'm going to do a flawless impression of. The entire matrix, but silently. Just hold on, podcasters. See, I don't have to do anything. You can't tell. I made an effort. You can't. Yeah, I was making an effort. You're doing nothing. I know. So who's the fool? You. No, because I didn't have to make the effort. I'm trying. This is gold for Martin. This is absolute gold. (laughs) Copeland is is furious about having his feet run over. Yeah, and he yells a very unpleasant racist remark. Uh, he does. Yeah, it's uh, it's slightly. I was going to say from from the remove of 2016, it, it, it is slightly softened by the fact that it's so old fashioned. Yeah, it is. It's it's some. I mean, I associate that with um, like the 19th century. Or well, something. I was going to say the, the the figure that you used to see on jars of marmalade. I'm nervous about even giving giving that character the name. Um, I, I'm, I'm the, the toy, the, the blackface toy that was, yeah. No, that's. Um, but that's that's what that's yeah that's yeah what, that's the mental connection that I yeah. Made. If you said it to someone nowadays, it's well, not that they would they find. Not even know it because it's just so. It wouldn't work as an insult, I think, for most people because you'd have to. It's not that the the, the the target would find it funny. It's that they might have to get you to explain what you were saying to them. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, right, I understand. I do remember there was an episode of um, Have I Got News For You where Reginald D. Hunter was a guest. And he was talking about how some racist remarks don't work because they just sound too nice. Right. Like um, being referred to as a, as a nignog. Well, that's, that sounds delicious. <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a refreshing... Hot drink, possibly, or, or, yeah. or a jungle bunny. That sounds adorable. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not that one. But I, I, yeah, I, I think it's this. Yeah, it's the same point that. Yeah, they, 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 they over time they just become absurd. Yeah. Some sometimes. I mean, obviously. Sometimes. Yeah. Speaking as two white guys, or maybe not in the best position to. No, com- no. To comment. No, they, they. I mean, the intent would still be clear, so you still get annoyed. But yeah, it's, but I, it's it's the anger behind the. Uh, yeah, of course. But I think sometimes you'd have to get them to repeat it. Yeah. Um, Whereas, I mean, here he's... When Copeland says it, he's singing out the fact that... The fact that she's black. Yeah. Or the fact that she is 
a woman, which would also be... I think that's awesome. rolled up into it as well. Yes, you're right. Oh, you're a stupid driver. And I think that would be acceptable. Well, yeah, because she's just been over his feet. But the fact they say, oh, did that because you're, you're black and you're a woman. Yeah. And Hightower takes exception to this. Yeah. But again, I think in terms of the joke, it's the idea that, well, they have to point out some difference. You can't... Again, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying, like, if you just said, well, that was bad driving, like, yeah, we've, we've, just, like, we've seen that. That's, yeah. that's on camera. So you have to have the character... It breaks the sort of the, the skin of civility that he's been maintaining. I think we're yeah. possibly slightly um, overestimating the sophistication of the script if we're referring to the comedy racist as having a skin of civility. No, but he, no, I don't know. I think but I think you have to. He re- you have he, to have people in conflict. He remembers. It, he remembers the rest of the time to not be openly racist. Yeah, but again, that again, the tone seems to be more. You can't say these things out loud. Yeah, not because, not be, not because it's not right, but because um, it's, it's impolite. impolite. Yeah, but um, when Hightower starts coming down the steps towards them, Harris reacts and says, "Oh, this is this isn't going to be good." Yeah, he knows he he knows there's going to be a consequence yeah. to this, and he knows Cohen shouldn't have said that. Yes, but it's the reason why he shouldn't have said that. Well, he doesn't dress. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't talk to Copeland. He says he does to stop Hightower from responding. Yes, that's the thing. He, he doesn't. That. He doesn't dress Copeland down. He, he is. The, the reaction is all of what's Hightower doing now, rather than. I mean, again, it's kind of consistent because Copeland's sort of his man on the inside yeah. type of thing. But there's no question that the the anger is then directed at Copeland by the position of authority. Mm. Again, it's yeah, it's the idea that Hightower is big. It's going to be violent. And then, and then he is. He is. Copeland gets in the car to, to hide, and Hightower flips it over. Yeah. And gets washed out. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He just gets booted completely. Yeah. Like there and then, and so there's no. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, again, that I think that's just it's dated, and it just the, the rhythm doesn't really work for nowadays. I yeah. guess. But uh, Mahoney takes this quite badly and Blanks and Copeland try to start a fight with him in the cafeteria but Barbara intercedes and actually slaps a tray into Copeland's face and his, and his reaction I think was very funny when the trace went he's just the expression on his face it's a classic thin foil tree. Yeah. Sort of you, you, not it, quite leaving the indentation of his yeah, face. But it, oh, you, you wish it had. I reckon they just literally didn't have the material technology available to them. Because you can't really do that with a foil tree. It would just, you know. I think you could have done it in a cutaway shot where you see, you're close on Barbara as he swings the tray in. Bang! And then cut. And it's just. But again. face through the tray where you can I, just press it over. Again, I haven't, haven't thought about that now. That goes back to the airplane. See, I said it. Yes, the airplane. Sort of level of visual puns wackiness that, yeah, that they don't really have in police again. You have to it, the the level the level of realism. Yeah. Is it movie realism or is it craziness? Yeah. Yeah. But um, when everyone is pulled into the uh, into Harris's office and Mahoney seeing a way out opts to. Take the blame for it, yeah. and so that Barbara can, can stay in because Barbara threw the first punch. 
Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the progression of Mahoney's character. He's not a crazy murderer. He takes the blame for the whole thing so that Barbara can stay in. You're right, you're right. And immediately sneaks back and in. Immediately sneaks back because... Because he, because he can't foresee no, consequences to his actions. He's still, you know, he's still there because he's packing up his stuff. And then the alert comes out that there's a riot in town. Because he... Because... Because now you think he's going to try and help, but he's not. He's going because he wants to be in the mayhem. He wants to, and he thinks he can hide away and, and murder more people. Well, how did the riots start? Uh, they are the fault of uh, the action prone guy. I've forgotten his name. Frank Spencer. He's not Frank Fackler. Spencer. Fackler. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a run. That now that's quite good. It's a sort of run-on kind of snowball effect, yeah. um, and everything escalates, and then eventually it's a riot. That's that's quite good. That's quite a good way of, of setting up the um, the kind of conflict. Yeah, um, and that then forms the, the 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 climax of the movie. And I find it's fairly standard formatting with comedies from this era that there would be vague sort of plotlessness for most of the movie and then about the three quarter mark there'd be a, a concluding extended sequence sure. like uh, in European Vacation it's the kidnapping of um, W. D'Angelo right and there's a whole but the best of family trying yeah, to get you, back you have to, you have, to have a, a resolvable conflict otherwise your movie will just go on and on and the thing is it's, it's about 90 93 minutes yes, yes, yes 90 minutes on the, on the um, and uh, so it's quite Tight. It's not. Yeah. It's, it doesn't sprawl too much. Um, yeah, you've got you've got to have something that you can the characters can resolve. Yeah. Um, well, well, they can they can show how much they developed over the course of the movie. Yeah. Where they're using their skills, they're working as a team. Um, they get to show off their own bravery. Mahoney gets to have a heroic moment. Yeah. Hightower gets to show his sort of true metal. Yeah. Uh, Thompson hides behind a crate for quite a lot of it. Um, hooks. Callahan doesn't do much. Well, Callahan's only an instructor. She's um, and she's a pro. I mean, she does the right thing. Yeah, arguably. I mean, I mean we've established earlier on that Callahan is professional. She does her job. She is sympathetic towards the recruits. She doesn't really have anything to prove during the course of the film. Harris gets caught up in the whole thing and winds up being hostage. And yeah. it's, it's Mahoney and Hightower risk their lives to save Harris. Yeah, but you've got to, because Harris has to witness it. Like, he's got... That, 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 that also shows that he's not a complete monster, a complete fool. Yeah. Because he's got to be there to witness these two people to wash out, like, actually stepping up. And despite him doing the right thing and, t- and helping out because if it had been someone else that they'd rescued then Harris would have still like they would have still be washed out they've got to prove it to him but it's also the, the ultimate humiliation that he's his life is saved by the two yeah. who he threw out and then he has to give them their little awards at the yeah. end of the movie but there's sort of uh, amusing antics or antics yeah, they're, they're, they're just oh, they're kind amazing. of antics. Okay. And we see, we see Fackler in the middle of the riot wearing stolen clothes. Yeah. That he was seen admiring in a shop window earlier. A really horrific sports jacket, for example. Horrifically good, I think you meant to say. Oh, no. Yellow okay. and brown check. Good grief. Well, big to differ. If that was a tablecloth, <laughs> I'd burn the house down. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he just... I mean, but he's smart, though. He avoids the riots by... 
getting out of his right here. Well, they they were of course sent to the wrong street because they were they were originally sent there just to act to the outer edge of the right to help redirect traffic and that kind yeah. of thing. But because it's Lassard, calling back to him, yeah. he's given them the wrong street number, so they end up right in the middle of it. Yeah, and Lassard is there later on to inspect uh, what's going on, and he is immediately fired upon. They see that Harris is being held hostage on the roof of a building with, by a desperado using Copeland and Blanks' stolen guns yeah. because they were stupid enough to antagonise them. <laughs> Commandant, Commandant, do we shoot back? Um, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> but... But the way they get their guns stolen even is terrible because they're antagonising them and then from behind a fence yeah. and then they get to the bit where there's the gap in the fence. They still have guns. Like, they're still that's, yeah, that's two police trainees, I guess, but they're still face-to-face with some people and they have guns and the people, the other people don't. But they're also cowards. Yeah, but he just takes the guns out of their hands. He's a scary guy. He's wearing a little hat and he's got a beard. Beards are scary. They are, they are. Yeah. Yeah, you ever get children running away from you in fear? Um, yeah, but it's it's because I've made a t-shirt that says Mahoney was right. (laughs) So Mahoney ultimately saves the day. Hightower... Uh, Hightower saves the day. Hightower, Hightower's passing by and he saves the day. Mahoney tries to go up and rescue Harris, but it goes wrong. Yeah. Hightower says, oh, you know, I want to I watch you waste these pigs. Well, actually, sorry, just reminding very slightly, the, the key point, I guess, for, for Mahoney's redemption, I suppose, in some sense, in the, in the eyes of Harris, is that he's got the drop on the bad guy, except the, the bad guy has Harris. Yeah. And so... Mahoney drops his gun because he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want, want Harris to die. So that's the bit where it really clearly shows you. See, he could have let him die. He, he saved a life. Yeah, but he realised he'd be useful later on. So, Because now that Mahoney's police, after that, he can operate within the law. He can bury the evidence. He can make sure he's the investigating officer for all these crimes. But um, Hightower... Overcomes the gunman. He punches him through a door and down a flight of steps. Yep. And is she, and he's arrested by hooks. Who screams in his face? He screams in his face. Finally, because Marion Ramsey is actually a very talented singer. And has a very impressive, very powerful voice. So she's finally able to unleash her instrument in his face. Cut to the passing out parade. Yeah. Um, Lassard sees Mahoney kissing another man but it's not another man it's a woman who's dressed like a man because it's Thompson yeah what's going through Lassard's mind at that point because oh, the says, oh that's more like it yeah okay, so, maybe that's in keeping with the the the, 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 the tone who says well they gay people they're just not trying hard enough they can just like shape up and then yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. you have to balance yeah it's, 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 is it the film's happening to gay people or is it just that Lassard lives in the sky yeah, possibly yeah I don't know it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not great either is, he's a really likeable character because he's the I write down about archetypes 
that you have the, the trickster figure in Mahoney, the dictator in Harris, but you have the kindly wizard, like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Gandalf or Commandant, the... or Commandant Assad. You think? I, well, you could make that argument. I think. I mean, it, it's a film populated by architects. But he's not. He's not. He's not sort of ditzy and, and heads in the clouds, but actually really wise. He's really stupid. And, and he, he fluctuates in later movies between how how ditzy he is. Yeah. As one movie where he's kidnapped by jewel thieves, and he thinks it's part of a police exercise. So he's very chatty with his kidnappers, and saying, "Oh, he's very impressed by all this." Yeah, that's okay. That's that's fine if you're ditzy. But the but the, then at the very end, where he said, "No, the, no, these aren't. This isn't an method. These are real kidnappers." Oh, okay. He turns around and punches the kidnapper in the face. Okay. So he, he's just not aware of his own strength, of his own uh, his own power and authority. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, Mahoney and Hightower are honoured for their their brave work, and they're given their awards by. Harris, and it, it, it ties up all the threads of the movie because we have um, Barbara as beat up bullies who beat him up at the beginning of the movie. Um, Those bullies, I mean, you know, bullying, not cool, but just kidnapping someone and chucking them in a river. Yeah, it's a bit beyond. It's not like it's not like the slapped him on the back of the head or something or they they nicked some stuff and ran off and he was like oh, I'm going to get you guys they put him on the back of a truck in his workplace and chuck him into a river yeah too far bullies that's what I say <laughs> uh, well he beats them up at the end I don't think it balances the skills <laughs> well he isn't hurt when they throw him in the river he's fine yeah but <laughs> they've still yeah I yeah, I mean he's a nice guy, so maybe he's not going to take it that far. I still think the books have not been balanced by that. So Mahoney's uh, that high Mahoney asked to say a few words. Hightower says thanks. Yeah, man, a few words. Mahoney is launching into one of his trickster spiels when there is a certain ruffling of the fabric at the base of the podium. Zip. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. So not, I mean, good place to end the film. Yeah. Bad place to end the film. I think it's a, a different situation because he has a massive band behind him on the bandstand and yes. he's not alone on the podium. That's and true. But it's a way of Lassar to get his own back having, using his great detective work, work out that it's, uh, it was it was uh, what was really going on earlier on <laughs> yeah I guess some closure uh, but but yeah it, I think it ties it all up rather nicely two wrongs make a right that's what you're saying Jeremy yeah, yeah. that's um, how it works an eye for an eye do you think I mean the other other sort of 80s trickster characters Peter Bateman and Ferris Bueller Comparable? Uh, good question. Um, I guess maybe they're going for the same thing, but I can imagine a slightly younger Bill Murray playing Mahoney. 
yeah, but like in it, it, what's the what's the one stripes? Stripes. stripes. Yeah, stri- yeah. There is definitely yeah. a similarity with stripes. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. No, there is there is that type of thing. I just think Ghostbusters is funny. Ghostbusters has a very very cleverly written script, and it's I think a lot richer than uh, well, I don't think it's. Maybe an exaggeration to say it. It's a better film than Police Academy. I think that's. I think that's a very controversial statement. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You're saying that Ghostbusters is better. Than I think Police Academy. We could probably agree that that's the case. I think that's the case. Um, Ferris Bueller. I don't know. There's because there's also there's an analogue between him and Captain Harris because there's the school principal. Yeah. But the, that relationship doesn't resolve the way it doesn't also also fundamentally he's in school right or not in school he's well he's supposed to be at school he's supposed to be at school but he's but he is a a school child that's the right word I guess he's a teenager yeah yeah he's not an adult doing questionable things like you can have a child character doing things and then the idea is like well they don't know any better or they're pushing the boundaries or something but it's, it's, it's harder to justify when you have a full grown adult doing illegal things and questionable things because you just think I mean that is his character it's fine I suppose but I don't know Ferris Bueller it's more fun for the audience to yeah. be living through his kind of antics of the day yeah there's Mahoney Mahoney just maybe that ITV guy was correct and maybe it will possibly more behaviour well don't watch Police Academy, guys. No, do it's 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 real good. It's obviously it was a very successful franchise. Yeah, six sequels. Yeah, an animated series. Was like, it animated? It was an animated series. Yeah, in the late eighties. Uh, a live action series. Yeah, with almost none of the original cast. And an announced reboot. They keep they keep announcing that yeah. they're going to do another one. Um, whether it'll be. Another sequel or a reboot? I think a reboot would be the obvious place to go. But to to aim as high as they can to cast really good comedy talent and kind of shape the characters around them, because it just to and then have some very specific kind of archetypes of characters, not to copy the characters from the original but to have like well, a new um, selection of, of types sure sure but that's the thing don't you think that you kind of already know who's going to be in it like no don't no but don't you think they'll, they'll go through the sort of popular route Will Ferrell what well, 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 no, well, no, no, because they have to be younger no but it's regardless of uh, ability or but it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense for them all to be no, but that's in their forties. Yeah, but that's the, they might do it anyway because then they're just saying well. But then they're just yeah, building it around a uh, a known. Yeah, but I I think that's how they would do it. Uh, well, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. But uh, the uh, the sequels are variable. I haven't seen the sequels. Um, I will. I will speak up for Police Academy Five. Assignment Miami Beach. Well, Assad is due to retire, and is being given a valedictory 
award. Right. And it's, there are several shots in that that are surprisingly uh, unusual for a police academy movie. There's a shot of Harris sunbathing on the beach where um, the Mahoney replacement figure circles him like a shark before striking and writing the word dork on his chest in sunscreen. Ah, dork. Classic. And later on, some, the, the jewel thieves stumble but um, they've concealed the jewels inside a video camera and the bag has been swapped with Lassard's bag so they follow Lassard into a conference room and um, it's full of police officers of course and Lassard steps forward and says oh, can we help you gentlemen and it seems like it's filmed with a slightly wide angle lens because Lassard really looms very large in the screen and it looks like it's a very interesting, deliberate, stylistic choice. <laughs> well, they've got to have some in, you know, you're spending months of your life. got to have something in there. But there are, there are a few interesting guests later on. Police Academy 4, which is the last one with Steve Wittenberg. Oh, right. Okay. The female leader is Sharon Stone. Oh, and they go off together at the end. So if, if your characterization of Mahoney is correct, he ends up escaping with Catherine Tramell from Basic Instinct, who yeah. is arguably his female equivalent. Yeah, exactly. Are you all there? Well? Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. The main jewel thief is played by René Auberginois of uh, Star Trek Space Nine in MASH. Uh, the original movie, a great, great character actor, and Mission to Moscow, the worst police academy movie, and by that point the most childish and cartoonish, features Christopher Lee and Ron Paul. Well, hmm. Christopher Lee would be in anything. It was a point in Christopher Lee's career when he would literally be in anything. Yeah. Mid-90s. <laughs> I think that's a lot of his career. He would be in anything. Yeah. Like, he was good, but he was... Uh, yeah. Everything. And Ron Perlman as a Russian gangster. Wow. He will also be in there. He, has, he said in the, he's been asked in the past why it is that he keeps doing all these strict video movies. And he said, well, my wife likes shoes. Yeah. It's, it's, uh... So, having watched Police Academy with the weight of its cultural heritage, how did you find it? Over, I mean, do you, do you think there's a place for it? Do you think, in a, in a modern context, it could work? Like with the, 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 the police want to rebuild trust about reaching out to the police. Ah, oh, send you know, what people. Do. I don't know. I mean, the, certainly the police in America. Do you, I mean, I don't think this is the time to. I think it's the perfect time. As police in a city want to reinvigorate trust in the community, so no, you want real people from the community, local local people come in, we'll train you as police officers, we'll police in your community, trusted local figures, but with the authority of the police behind you. I think, and, I and think they, trust and, has and, been and destroyed so, so much. And this is a way to rebuild it, by, by having local people become police, not by having police pushed into communities. Mm. They could do that as a setup for the for the story, and there'll still be you know the bunch of crazy misfits, but they're you know they're there for a good reason, and some of them really want to serve their communities and. You, you'd have the opportunity for it to have a little, a little edge of social relevance, as well as all the knockabout antics. Yeah, maybe. It's have to. Be, yeah, you have to be careful with it. Obviously, obviously. Yeah. And and perhaps uh, fewer jokes about how hilarious it is to be gay. Yeah, I think that yeah, the homophobia and racism would have to be 
yeah. yeah. I think if, poss- I think if possible, you want to avoid portraying the police as racist and homophobic. But that's that's the thing that would be difficult because if you didn't have certainly the racism institutionally, institutionally so anyway. But because that is the perception of them, I think for a lot of people at the moment. And this is this is the way you're trying to fight against it. That there's this new intake. They're more open-minded. They're from they're from the real world. They're not from within. No, no, no. But if if you have the poli- if if you don't have the police being so so either you have the police in, in the film that is being like this that are somehow. <coughs> Cured of this by the intake of new people. Yeah, that's very difficult to do. You can't do it the other way. You can't have it where other oh, just guys getting up, you know, getting on their best, and then the new recruits make it yeah. even better because that that won't the police ring true to people. The police has a problem. The new recruits are supposed to fix it, but there's the old the the, the snobs in the police. Yeah, want to maintain the status quo. Yeah. So you have the snobs versus slobs again, but with an edge of social relevance. Yeah. But you it'd be quite difficult to have a movie that, that changes that status quo. Like, the commissioner doesn't get shown the error of his ways, really. No. In the film. Lassard is still. Lassard is very open to it all. He's. he's, he's, he's you know, if they're, if they're, yeah, okay, if good, good, that's good true. officers, then he'll support them. Yeah, he that's true. He doesn't mind. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it could be doable, but it's it's tricky. We should pitch it to Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Remember that film you did 15 years ago? He wants to direct Police Academy 8. He said so. Although, with him in charge, it'd probably just be a complete bloodbath. Thanks to Ed Bloomer for making the time for the podcast and suggesting the venue at the last minute. Cinema Limbo is now on iTunes, with over a dozen episodes available, so please do subscribe, download, and review. Or else. We're also on Twitter, at cinema underscore limbo, or if you have any personal messages for me, at j underscore j underscore phillips, two L's. However, until next time, let's have lunch, shall we? Perhaps cigarette? Goodbye. You have been listening to Cinema Limbo, hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips, edited by Martin Fenton, with music by Philip Alderman. Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnose Podcast Network. Come and visit us at www.podnose.com. Very, very good. So come along. All right. <laughs> that's the that's the tip. I've never actually heard Martin's voice. I've never met him. If this turns out that you're just recording these and like sending them off and post to like some dead, I don't know. I don't know. Some like he can I, actually hear every word you're saying. No, that's fine. Martin, give us some sign that you are a real person. He's got a Facebook profile. I've seen his. Facebook that doesn't profile. prove anything. George knows him. That doesn't prove anything. I think these tape recordings are going to... The tape recordings. <laughs> yeah, I think these recordings are just getting sent to like, Google and Google are just analysing them and building up some sort of you know, profile. That's, Martin works very hard and he's very good at editing. <laughs> <laughs>
be. Oh no, I'd say so. It's uh, it's a difficult job. No doubt. I just don't believe it exists. <laughs> what I'm worried about now, Jeremy, is that you have constructed this elaborate fantasy, whereby oh, it goes off to Martin. And Martin's just you in a wig or something, or or that there is no Martin in. There's no. It doesn't. You know, this doesn't go anywhere. It just. I don't know. I think you're just uploading these to Apple, and Apple's just. I don't know. George is uploading it to Apple. They're on iTunes. Who is this George character? You've met him. Ah, uh, that seems unlikely. At my birthday dinner, I think he was the guy in the three-piece suit. I think that's a figment of him. No, you were that. You he didn't physically interact. spoke to him. No, he didn't interact with anybody. Yes, he did. No, it was just an empty chair. <laughs>